Welcome, heathens and heretics, to another instalment of In the Abyss with me, Tregenza, uh, and of course, voice of the reason, Andy Daniel. No Padre this week, um, for whatever reason, but we are uh, honoured, quite frankly, to be joined by uh, James McBain, uh, otherwise known as Hellripper. Um, James, welcome, and thank you for giving up your early Friday evening. Hello. On, uh, thank you very much for having me, man. It's uh, I'm not very busy <laughs> like I'm, I'm not uh usually my fridays are spent indoors anyway so uh <laughs> it's uh it's, it's it's happy new obituary day today isn't it so it's um yeah it's, it's a good day and friday Most the 13th as that. well so huh friday oh, yeah. the 13th well that's it that's why we're here and there's there's loads of good music out today so it's um mm. it's, it's been a good day so um yeah how are you doing up there in the far far north cold frostbitten and grim i'd imagine yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, it's been raining the last few days, but like I say, I'm a I'm an indoor person, so <laughs> yeah, aren't we all, mate? Yeah. <laughs> all. Um, I I mean, obviously, we've got you on here to talk about the new album that's that's about to drop. So let's go straight into that and uh, and talk about it. You've dropped the one single, if I pronounce this right, the Knuckle V. Is that is that right? Knuckle V. Yeah. And uh, and obviously the album to follow. So. Far away, give us give us the gist. What's coming? What what's it all about? You know, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's eight tracks of speed metal, black and speed, black and thrash, whatever you want to call it. Um, all the over the overarching theme is uh, Scotland, with each track being based or inspired by Scotland in some way, whether it be folklore or say the works of Robert Burns or a darker side of Scottish history or whatever. Um, yeah, this time around, I wanted to incorporate a lot more influences. So just to try and make it a bit more diverse, try and maybe bring bring some new things into the music, um, try and keep the music from going stale. But um, yeah, so I was bringing outside influences, you know, from places that I had not e- explored before, you know, I listened to a lot of, during the writing and recording, I listened to a lot of, say, The Beatles, ACDC, Black Sabbath, um, a lot of 90s stuff like Manic Street Preachers, Oasis, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, um, a lot of uh, stuff like Agaloc, Typo Negative, um, Edge of Sanity, Opeth, um, just kind of anything, just a wider range of influences and of course i was listening to the my usual as well you know venom dark throne uh, annihilator megadeth metallica artillery all of that kind of stuff but yeah it was uh it was a it was fun writing writing this album with these outside kind of influences um yeah. and making and not diluting down the music yeah um like trying like i wanted to keep it speed metal i wanted to keep it like fitting Hellripper's aesthetic, Hellripper's um, sound, if you will, without diluting it down while incorporating all these these different uh, influences. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy with how it turned out. It was, yeah, probably my favourite thing I've done so far. Um, yeah. I mean, the the Nuclevy, the single that you've dropped, it's, 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 it's a bit of a, a sort of a departure from previous Hell River, isn't it? It's, it's longer for a start. I mean, yeah. it's just under six minutes, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah it's, got, it's got a very sort of epic metal feel to it. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, uh, um, there's a few longer songs as well on the album, which, yeah, again, it's something I've never tried, something, um, I think the longest is probably like five minutes or around about that. Yeah. Yeah, the Knuckle of Eves, um, yeah, it's kind of, that was the first single because I thought it kind of represented the album overall. Uh, you know, it still kind of remains true to the Hellripper sound. It's, for the most part, it's fast. Um and kind of chaotic at parts it's thrash black metal and all that kind of stuff but yeah there's a lot more guitar work um it's a bit more melodic i think in places um and yeah there's like a a kind of at the end an almost um yeah a kind of epic kind of black metal sounding part which is yeah it's a bit more structure wise it's a bit more complex than a lot of what i've done in the past um yeah, like I say, it kind of represents the overall vibe of the album. And there are a few different um, kinds of tracks in there. There'll be a new one coming out next week, which, again, is very different to what I've done before. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how people react to that one. It'll be the title track. Nice. Nice. It's, um, what date does it drop? Just to um, I believe it's the 18th, which I think is Wednesday. I think. And the album drops? Uh, February 17th. Okay, not a long away. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. So. Just about a month. Yeah, so are you uh, all all completely on your own? Do you bring in any guest appearances this time or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, so I've got a few um, guest appearances. I've got um, the live guitarist in Hellripper, Joseph, who done a couple of solos on the last album. He done, I think it was three solos on this one, um, which is always good to get someone else involved and someone like joseph who's got um you can add a different flair to some of the guitar solos and kind of break up you know um instead of all the solos sounding like me like kind of fast blues type stuff like angus young um or dave Mustaine like influence that i have uh, Joseph, I think he's more of a lead guitar player than I am. So he comes in, he brings in different influences like Van Halen, Queen, um, and stuff like that. So it was good to have him on board. Um, I've got uh, my partner, Marianne, she done some guest vocals, like Tom Araya, Screams. Um, um, and we've got uh, Antonio Rodriguez, who is a guy that I met online who performed some bagpipes for the album. Um, nice which, yeah, which again was very different to what I've done before I've never of course I've never had that before and it was yeah it was really cool I didn't know how it would turn out uh, but yeah it turned out excellent um, I think that's all the guest appearances uh, apologies if I've missed any uh, I'm going to go on my band camp just double check that. <laughs> well I think, I think the only yeah. <laughs> I think apart from Corn, I'm struggling to think of anyone else who might have used um Bagpipes. I don't know. Maybe Elstorm. Elstorm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but... No idea. Uh, I, I think Gravedigger. Um, yeah, Gravedigger. Oh yeah, they did a Scottish concept album, didn't they? Yeah. Sewer as well. Again from Scotland. Um, um, but yeah, in speed metal, uh, in the kind of music like that Hellripper play, it's not so common. So I thought, yeah, it'd be no. a cool, be a cool uh, thing to try. The track that it's in is not. Um, is not like one of the speed metal songs. It's more of a kind of mid-era Bathory type song, mid-era Bathory, nice. Justice for All Metallica kind of yeah. 
stompy uh, kind of mid-paced song. So, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, it kind of fit on that song. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully people respond well to it. Hope, hopefully people like it. Is this the first time you've you've incorporated sort of Scottish folklore and that that whole kind of history in in your music, or is that? I've done it a couple of times before. Um, once on the last album with Vampire's Grave, and once on the the song Black Arts and Alchemy. Um, I think that's the only two times that I've wrote about uh, Scotland. So yeah, it was fun to yeah kind of explore a new something new if you know what i mean like say uh like have a different theme and still relate it to the hell ripper aesthetic still try and make it dark evil yeah. for the most part so what's the um what's the plans now for the, for 2023 you sort of doing festivals and and all that kind of thing i'm assuming it's going to be a busy year yeah we'll be doing a few a few shows throughout the year we've got um a sort of album launch show, which is um, the week before the album comes out. That'll be in Glasgow. Um, and then we're heading to the Netherlands to play with Venom Inc. Um, at Welcome to Hell Fest. Um, saw that. That lineups. Yeah. That lineups. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we haven't, we've, we've, we've discussed that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Venom Inc. and Enforcer and a bunch of other ridiculous great speed metal stuff um inhuman nature i think are playing there as well yeah they are yeah, yeah. yeah they are. um yeah then we're going to be playing a few shows in the uk with warbringer which yeah going to be one of my favorite bands of all time so i'm looking forward to that we've got a few like one-off dates scattered throughout the year as well and in summer we're going to be in europe for four to six weeks just kind of um doing shows and fests and things like that there we've got obscene extreme festival confirmed at the moment and a few that haven't been announced yet um yeah there'll be a lot more to announce in the coming months it's still kind of a little bit away so a lot of stuff is just you know just kind of yeah just not announced yet <laughs> we need to get you on the fucking bloodstock bill mate i mean it's you know it's it's, it's our main metal festival in the uk now yeah. and, and it's just it's there, as much as I love Bloodstock, went this year for the first time since I think it was 2012, and, and absolutely loved it. But there's there's still a few a few things missing, you know. And something like yourself would just fit would just fit perfectly. It's you know. So I, I I'm saying it now, not that Vicky or Adam might be listening, but we need to get Hell Ripper at Bloodstock. It's, yeah, it's man, a must. I'd love to if they if it if the opportunity comes up and it can happen then. Yeah, man, we're there. <laughs> yeah, every band gets such a great reception at that festival, and it's just, yeah. just uh, you know, it's just it's just sort of one long weekend party. So, yeah, but it does it does lack a bit of speed metal. Yeah, we played um, a couple of UK fests in the past couple of years. We played Damnation and Incineration yeah. Festival, and yeah, they were great fun. Um, although, they're, of course, they're not outdoor festivals. Um, no. Yeah, they were great fun. Um, so the, the, the so the live shows then you've got your live band is that you, you use the same the same guys all the time are you sort of a, a yeah. tight knit thing now? Yeah, so we've had the same band for I think it's just about four years now, though basically two of those years were uh, cancelled because of COVID, of course. So oh, yeah, but yeah, we've had the same same guys for a, around four years, I think it is, um, which does help having the same the same band because yeah. I think we kind of know 
each other and how each other play and and stuff like that so yeah i'm very happy with the live band at the moment but um yeah i hope hopefully it can continue with uh the same the same guys but yeah we've yeah we started i think the first shows we played with this lineup were 2019 when we went on tour we done a few uk and europe shows it's just been great yeah it's just been yeah an upwards trajectory i guess since then am i right in thinking you you didn't intend to play live initially when you yeah. first started this project my inte- my intention with the the hell ripper was basically just to record and release an ep see what happens um i didn't really think anyone would hear the music other than maybe some people in the local scene maybe some more people in scotland and like in the scottish scene like and yeah it just kind of gradually grew and people took interest labels and and stuff took interest and it kind of just grew and we're yeah now we're playing shows and releasing albums and (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy yeah i mean yeah (laughs) What's the scene like up there? Certainly outside of sort of Glasgow and Edinburgh, because you're you're in Aberdeen, aren't you? Yeah, I I moved from Aberdeen a few years ago, so I'm in the Highlands now. So I am oh, nice. Yeah, I'm almost nowhere near um, anything, <laughs> um, like anything uh, prominent happening music beyond the, beyond Inverness. Uh, no, uh, Fort William. So oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah kind of in between Inverness and. Uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh so yeah I mean I'm a good two to three two three four hours away from things like in Glasgow and Edinburgh and stuff uh, where the majority of Scottish music happens I guess um so I do okay I do try and travel to Glasgow and Edinburgh for shows when I can but yeah traveling is a nightmare it's costly yeah it takes time um yeah so yeah, I do go there when I can, but it's not as often as I'd like. I'd like to be more involved, like in the Scottish scene, but it's just not really doable. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. I mean, like I said, it is. It does seem to circulate around Glasgow and Edinburgh, doesn't it? I think, from what I've seen recently, I think Machine Head played in, in Aberdeen on the, on yeah. the last year warm-up show, but you don't really see so much outside of the main two cities. Yeah, I think it's I think it's too far mm. up to travel to make it yeah. kind of worth it. Um, I did see quite a few bands in Aberdeen when I was when I lived there. I saw bands like um, Exodus, Black Dahlia Murder, um, Skeleton Witch, Goat Whore, nice. Flesh God Apocalypse. Yeah, there was um, lots of bands coming to Aberdeen. I'm not sure how often that happens now. As I say, I haven't lived there for a few years, but. Yeah, I think it's just, it's such a difficult place to travel up to and then back down because yeah. it's, um, because a lot of people in Scotland just travel to Glasgow or Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, so usually, yeah, if you play a, a, Scot- a Scottish show on your on your UK tour as a travelling band, usually you do the one of those cities and that kind of covers most, most of it, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's going to be the case for a lot of music, really. I think up there because when I um, when I visited and um, I was in Inverness to start with, the train between Perth and Inverness was just full of people who'd been to Glasgow for Ed Sheeran, 
and just yeah. have to, and had to get back to Inverness just to get their buses and cars to much further up and like Shetland or whatever. It's um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, should be more. Yeah, the travel is yeah the worst part. I mean, I don't think there's like uh, much much uh, public transport and stuff that operate after a certain time. So if I go to Glasgow or something for a show, I can't come back the same night. So unless, yeah, you're driving yourself and stuff, you've basically just got to get a hotel or or whatever, which isn't the most... Yeah, again, it, it costs money. It's Yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. the next day is kind of a write-off because you've got travel back. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not really a Scottish thing, though, is it, <laughs> Joey? Even down here in Surrey, it's, yeah. Um... I mean, you know, living in the southeast, I think it's it's like sometimes we don't realise how easy it gets. I, I complain because it takes me an hour to get into central London on the train, mm-hmm. you know. And it's um, and I'm from Cornwall, so it is similar down there. We used to have yeah. to travel to sort of Bristol, sort of a good three hours, but yeah, you know, round here it's it's just so easy. We've got we've got nothing to complain about, you know. My, my I complain about my last train home and things, but it's. <laughs> Yeah, compared to what you've got to deal with, we're you know we're we're lucky. So I suppose we should stop moaning. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great to go to more shows and stuff. I mean, even when I was in Aberdeen, like you know, there would be metal shows happening, punk shows happening, even you know at a, like a local level. So you could go to shows almost every week, a couple times a week or whatever. But yeah, now I'm I'm not aware of anything really going on near me. So yeah. Of course, the fan base up there for metal and, and punk, you know, it's it's so intense, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, there's, there's a few people that I've seen, like, I mean, yeah, I live in a small kind of place and I do see a few people walking around, like, with black metal shirts and stuff, like, so... We get everywhere. We get absolutely everywhere. Yeah, so, I mean, there are definitely, I mean, there are people. I think it's just the, when we were in Aberdeen, our main venue closed... Um, because of like noise complaints and stuff, and I think that's the same. I think that's the same in a lot of places in the UK, from what I've seen over the past yeah. few years. So it's like, yeah, as soon as anything's kind of happening, like Aberdeen was building up as like a quite a good scene, and then yeah, that kind of like stopped it in its tracks. Like our main venue kind of just got shut down, and everyone else we had to find like other places and. Some places didn't work out, and some people just stopped going to shows because they couldn't be bothered, like, uh, or they didn't, yeah, you know. So it was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about I want to talk about your merch game for a minute because you know, looking in, in your your sort of epicenter there, and and your you know your racks of merchandise, <laughs> you have got a pretty strong merch game, which. You know, in in metal these days, it's 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 really important to you guys, isn't it? Because it's obviously it's a stream of income and. You yeah, know, it's it's all of us is our sort of badge of honor and whatnot. I mean, do you do you put all the effort in yourself? Is it are they your designs? Do you get someone else to do it all? Because, like I said, strong merch game. Your t-shirts are you know they're, they're up there with some of the best. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't take any credit for the actual designs themselves. That's all done by artists that I like, which is the reason one one of the my favorite things about like getting merch done, I can work with these artists that like s- such a wide variety of artists instead of um, like, if I have an album art um, made, like you only have w- like that once every couple of years, but with merch, I can work with my favorite artists, like different artists that give yeah. different styles. 
um, and I can work with them more often. So, yeah, those guys, um, yeah, they can they get all the credit for the killer designs that they do. Um, and yeah, so I almost everything like is done by me. Like I commission the art. Like I get I get people to do it. I order the shirts and then yeah, I store the shirts. I send out the shirts. Um, like I pack and ship the cert the 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 shirts. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's an important thing. Like in metal, like having good merch and having a variety of merch, I think is important so that people can kind of get what they want. Because um, I mean, obviously, there's a million black shirts um, you can get. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's cool just to have something different. I like I like trying different stuff. Like I've got shorts and leggings and different patches, different badges. Um, try to look what else I've got. <laughs> we've been we've been talking about metal merchandise a fair bit recently, and, and and we're gonna sort of look at it in a bit more depth. But it's it's gone mad. I know back in the day you had the you know the Kiss pinball machines and mm. and all that kind of shit, but merchandise in general has gone mad the stuff that you can get now with it with a band logo on it with a design on it is 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 outrageous to be honest with you and it's great because like i said it's yeah you know, with the way music streaming is now it's, it's your revenue stream isn't it and it's it's just i don't know it's almost it's it's an addiction i find it a bit of an yeah. addiction you know buying shirts it's you, you can't resist it every now and yeah. then one or two many drinks on the internet. Oh, I fuck it. I fucking love that shirt. I'm having that yeah. shirt. And it's just can't resist it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's I mean, yeah, it's I think it's cool because yeah, like you say, if if it's something you like, I mean, I like having cool designs. I like when bands have cool designs that I can buy. So you get to wear something cool. It's by a band that you like. So you get to promote like yeah. that band and also your in most cases you're like directly supporting the band by buying from them and yeah um yeah there's so much stuff you can get now um well i mean there's almost anything you can get like you say with a band logo and stuff but uh sometimes it does go over the top i think but uh if there's if there's a if, if people want something that's the good thing about like social media as well and how i can have an a direct interaction with uh, people that listen to Hellripper's music, they can. I get messages saying, "You should, you should get this," and I'll say, "Cool." I'll put up like a poll or something, like on Instagram, Facebook. Say, "Is there a demand for this kind of merch?" People say yes or no, and then if people want it, then yeah, I'm gonna, I'll get it. The the, the leggings, the leggings, mate, are, are particularly cool. I got them. Yeah, <laughs> particularly cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never... Have I worn them? No, I don't think I've worn them. Myself. <laughs> right, no, it's open forum here. It's fine. I don't yeah, think I've worn them. Yeah, but yeah, loads of... Yeah, the leggings are... Loads of people love the leggings. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were Again, it was cool to do just something different. I think that was one of the first different uh, merch items I had. No, they're, they're they're cool. What about a um, what about a you know a left field slightly a Hell Ripper Scotch, a single malt. You know, the bands and alcoholic drinks now that's gone yeah. nice as well. Yeah, I'm currently working on a beer. Um, oh, nice. Um, still like in the early stages. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I say I'm working on a beer. It's uh, another company. Uh, <laughs> another <laughs> uh, other people are working on the beer and 
like a kind of collaboration, I guess, what you would say. Um, but yeah, a, a Hellripper whiskey or something would be killer. If I if I had the contacts and the and the kind of pool to do a to do that, it would be sick. But it, it's it's gone crazy. I mean, I, I've tried a fair few different bits and pieces. I mean, obviously, Maiden have got the Trooper beer, which which is you know a lot of time and effort went into that, and it's a decent beer. Some of the the spirits I've had the the Slipknot whiskey was a particularly nice bottle of whiskey, for instance. But there's some things like I bought Kiss Rum once, and it's just a it could be a a bottle of Lamb's Rum from a supermarket, yeah. you know. And they slap a Kiss logo on it, and it's fifty quid a bottle. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I haven't really tried much. I don't think I had. I think it was like Motorhead cider or something. Yeah, I can, um, I've probably tried a few things, but yeah, I can't I can't remember. What I've tried, to be fair, but yeah, um, a lot of a lot of bands are doing beers and stuff now because there's so much like smaller like breweries and things, which is yeah. cool. So yeah, I think it's a good way to kind of collaborate and make people aware of different breweries, and they can help promote the band. Again, it's just like a collaboration, um, promoting to different people that might not otherwise have heard of either party involved. Well, yeah. Where else are you going to see Iron Maiden in Morrison's? Yeah. In it, so it's um, you know, and and their 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 marketing campaign and their worldwide sales are are insane. I don't even know what the numbers are, but yeah. I mean, know, Iron it's Maiden, just beer. and it is a good beer. That's that's exactly it. It's a good beer. I mean, Iron Maiden are huge. I mean, they just got the, the what is it, the Royal Mill stamps? <laughs> the or fucking stamps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seen, out today seen or a whatever. few people, seen a few people posting um, pictures of them. Does I mean does that mean that Iron Maiden have been accepted by the establishment or is that too far? <laughs> I mean, Iron Maiden are so huge. Um, it's like almost yeah, they're just so huge. I mean, obviously, if you're getting Royal Mail to do stamps for you, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see Venom stamps or you know anything like that. So it's probably about so. as far as it's it's going to go. They're, they're an institution at this point. They really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and even I think. I think 25 years ago when I got into them, it was, you know, they were, uh, you know, you, you didn't own up to that. You really didn't. I was, I was brave, but now even people who wouldn't listen to this stuff at all, they're, they're open to it now because they, they've grown up and, you know, it's, it's a laugh in it, that kind of thing. That's, yeah. The attitude's changed. Yeah. Ironically, we, we've all had a moan and a grumble about like Topshop and, and H&M and, and shops like that selling, Ramones t-shirts and Metallica t-shirts and Iron Maiden t-shirts, but you know what? That that probably has opened things up to a whole new audience, almost unintentionally. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and some some of the designs are great from those shops. I yeah. think I've got, I've got a couple from uh, those places. Um, it's a good place to get like your good quality kind of usually the more uh, mainstream i guess you would say yeah yeah kind of kind of bands it's a good a good way to get their merch like um easier i guess um but yeah it does i think a lot of things are kind of pushing metal into people that wouldn't have heard it before you know obviously with like stranger things and yeah of course that type of stuff like metallica playing with whoever like miley cyrus or lady gaga a few years ago and having their that black album thing with all these bands doing cover versions of all their tracks yeah um i i, I enjoyed that to be honest i think that whole 
however many songs there was on that that black album tribute i think i could have pulled a, a 12 tracks of the black album yeah and, and a, a, a pretty outstanding tribute album that would have made but yeah i think it, it might have been a little bit self-indulgent to have quite so many covers on it and eight covers of nothing else matters wasn't necessary yeah i can't remember what was all on it but of course not all of it was my taste but the few no. ones the few ones that were you know more in the rock side kind of to my taste like uh the chats uh biffy clyro um biffy's cover biffy's cover is 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 brilliant yeah and i think they put a whole new spin on it yeah and i think it was off as well done a an amazing one yeah i'm going to see off in a couple of weeks i'm really looking forward oh to nice that. i saw them a few years yeah. ago sick how, yeah, how i'm really, really looking forward to that so going obviously going back to back to your own music and that um Something I, I read in a previous interview with you, and I, th- I think I've seen you mention it a couple of times, it, the one thing you find the toughest to do in Hellraiser <laughs> is the vocals. Mm, yeah. Uh, did you ever, have, have you ever sort of thought, oh, fuck this, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm going to bring in a vocalist, or are you just sort of determined to keep it as just you and yeah. you know, your project? Yeah, it's just it's just me because it's, especially because it's primarily a, a, a solo project, a studio project, sorry. When I record an album or whatever i've got as much time as i like yeah you know so it doesn't um so if i get ill or whatever that's usually what um annoys me about doing the vocals like if i get ill i can't really do anything until i'm better otherwise like otherwise it won't sound as good and things like that um but i do i enjoy doing vocals live as well like it's fun to do on stage um and it is fun to record as well to be fair it's just that it takes it it takes it out of you like it's an actual yeah, yeah. but that's the that's the one that uh kind of yeah just takes it out of me like with if i'm recording like the guitar you know i'm just sitting at this chair and i'm recording the tracks whereas vocals i've got i'm like standing up and moving my arms around flailing around and stuff and screaming at full volume and and all that kind of stuff and yeah and it's yeah usually it's difficult for me when I start like the vocal recording process to find the right sound, uh, yeah. if you know what I mean, you know. So like, if I'm doing guitar, it's fine. I know what I'm doing. Um, like I've got the the MIDI demos, like I tab out all of my songs before I record. So I've got like MIDI versions of the songs that I can kind of go off of. But with the vocals, obviously I've got, I'm like, uh, will it work better with low vocals or, high vocals, shouted vocals, a mixture. So it's kind of like a trial and error for yeah, yeah, yeah. almost every every part of the song and getting it right and then repeating the process for every other song. And Yeah, I think, I, I suppose, the strain on your voice and everything as well, isn't it? Doing everything, it's, um, yeah, it's yeah. going to take its toll, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's probably, as well, probably the most like, rewarding part as well because it's when that's if once the vocals are done that's kind of when you hear the song as it's supposed to be like it can yeah. completely change um how you feel about a song like i've got a few songs that before the vocals are done i think oh i might just delete this song like it's not good blah 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 whatever then i record the vocals and i'm th- and i'm like wow this is one of my favorite songs you know it just changes it completely it's it's basically like adding another instrument on top of it yeah. and it you add all the, the the kind of hooks, the chorus, and all that. So it's it's probably the most like rewarding. It's when you hear the song as it's supposed to be, and then you've just basically got to mix it from then on. 
obviously you you recorded um obviously you started out completely independently and, and up to complete and total fucking mayhem you're all on your own obviously now on peaceville so how 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 different are things for you now now that you're on a label and you know peaceful obviously a legendary label there's yeah. been some great bands on that you know is, is it better for you to make it easy to get your music out there is you know yeah so yeah so the process is exactly the same basically it's just that now when i when i submit the trap when i submit the album there's more promo there's more distribution yeah uh more resources in general so yeah, it's basically yeah peaceful kind of just leave me to do what I'm doing and if I need any advice or help or an opinion from them I'll ask them and they'll and they'll help out how they can but for the most part it's usually just I record the album uh, give it to them and they do what they do <laughs> and then yeah so it's been yeah fairly easy working with them a good like working relationship yeah like like I say it's just yeah the promotion and the resources they have which is very important to get the album out there, like different distribution channels. They can get it into different stores, you know, like anywhere, like worldwide, like just yeah. kind of uh, record stores in, say, Japan or Australia, the US, and then it's on Amazon and stuff like that, as well as like our official stores and my band camp and stuff. So, yeah, it's just a wider reach, which really helps, especially with the cost of like shipping and stuff nowadays. And yeah all that do you have a fan base in the far east because obviously you know the far east is crazy for metal yeah yeah it's kind of all over really um yeah i couldn't tell you the exact like kind of percentages and stuff but yeah there's loads of i speak to loads of people from all over the place really um which is cool like i say i never thought the music would really get out of aberdeen or scotland and to hear it reach other places like that is just it's weird. It's crazy to think of. The community, I mean, I'm astounded by how close-knit the community is online. And, I, I, you know, I know it is in metal anyway, but just how people are communicating to each other and infusing about new bands and whatnot. It's, you know, just, just seeing stuff on Twitter today. Yeah. You know, just bonding, over, people bonding over new new albums. And it's, um, yeah, it's... And it's I can understand because it's so difficult for you to get lost amongst everything else because there's yeah, too yeah. much but if if you're good you, you're out yeah. there and people will will push on with you yeah i think yeah metal's such a like you say it's such a community people want to share um what they're listening to people for the most part like kind of want to support the bands they like um so word of mouth is still probably the most important uh like method of promotion for me yeah 100% um despite like all the press and big uh big like publications and stuff is the word of mouth is just so important and such a big part of why hell rippers grown just having these having the fans just spread it via facebook or whether it's at gigs whether they wear the merch at a gig or on a video or take a photo of the merch to show their friends or followers you know online and stuff and it just kind of it just grows like that. Um, yeah, the the community is just the metal community is just such a yeah, like you say, it's just a very supportive community in general. Um, supporting all the bands and yeah, I think the um, 
the, the metal scene in the UK at the minute, certainly in extreme music, <clears throat> the extreme end of metal is 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 almost as as good as it's ever been. I mean, mm. yeah, all right, there's there's no sort of real, you know, potential commercial growth for anybody. There isn't in in, in extreme metal, but you know, bands like in Human Nature, bands like Dawn Raid, Vacuous, Celestial mm. Sanctuary, yourselves. There's there's just so much going on at the minute, and and it's great to see. And everyone's still releasing their music in the physical form. You know, mm. everyone's still releasing everything on vinyl. And yes, streaming is great. Like Ant was saying, you know, you go on Twitter and there's this huge community and everyone's saying, I've been listening to this today. I've been listening to that today. You know, it's it's instant now. On the day of release, you've got it. 5.30 yeah. this morning, I was listening to the new obituary album. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's <laughs> so the upside of music streaming. Yeah. And so are your neighbours. And so, well, you know, <laughs> but it it's... It is the upside of music streaming, but at the same time, it's it, it does take a little bit of the. I mean, obviously, we're of a generation we we got to start getting into metal before there was before Napster, before yeah. and everything else, and you 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 had to go and go to R Price or HMV or whatever on release day and physically buy the album. And we talk about this a lot, and it, it makes it sound like old farts, but there is there is still that sort of joy about getting the physical product. Yeah. I mean, obviously you, you still, you put everything out on vinyl, don't you as well? So, you know, is it, is it, is it worth you putting everything out on vinyl? Or is that something that is, 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 is a necessary burden almost, I suppose. No, no, vinyl's the, vinyl's the biggest seller by far. Um, That's that's good to hear. uh, Yeah. I think, um, if you look at like stats as well, in general, not just even in metal, but like people, or just into vinyl for some reason. I think if you on the news a few weeks ago or something, it was like vinyl has outsold CD or something for the first time in yeah twenty years or yeah. however long it was. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, vinyls yeah a massive part. It sells almost try th- yeah it sells like double triple the other physical formats. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like. Um, even though I grew up kind of with the internet and stuff, I would always I always used to go to HMV or another local record store, one yeah. up in Aberdeen, and I would just go in, go through the metal, the metal section, the metal and rock sections, and just look at the cover arts, and I would buy a lot of stuff based on that. Um, just because it, yeah, it's more fun. It's more rather than just you know typing in the band name and hearing if it's good or not. It's it's more expensive this way, but. Um, it's just more fun if you go in and you see a cool, you know, Cannibal Corpse album cover or whatever. Yeah. You think that looks cool. I'm going to buy it. And then it turns out to be great. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's, you, you can't, you know, you go around to your mate's house and you, you can't bond over what you're looking over your phones. You yeah. want to be looking at the shelves and picking things out and trying this and, oh, wow, I didn't, oh, yeah, I remember that. You can't yeah. beat that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just loved, yeah, like I said, I just loved finding out bands that way. Um, or I would go into, uh, like I said, my local music shop and I would just, they would have, they used to have like an offer for like however many albums for, like pre-owned albums for like a tenor or something. And I would go in and just pick all these albums, like whatever, oh, that one's got skulls on it, that one, that one looks like it could be similar to Slayer, whatever, and then half of them would be good, half of them wouldn't, and yeah, like I say, it was more expensive that way rather than just going on YouTube, Spotify. But yeah, it was just a fun experience. 
but you, you have something physical, don't you? You actually own something. And, and yeah, I think that's the difference. I mean, I, I, we say this, I mean, to be fair to HMV in particular, you go into a branch of HMV now and, and it's, it's just racks and racks of vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap. You're looking at sort of around about 30 quid for, yeah. for your average record now, but you know, I mean, we have, we have to shout out to HMV actually, because they're doing, um, they're doing a string of solo acoustic shows in um, at the end of the month for Ricky Warwick. Yeah. Um, so we're going to, we're going to check him out in Corley of all places. I mean, it, it's just for point that they're willing to do something like that. And, um, you know, showcase music. And, you know, that's old school. That's proper old school hard rock. You know, there's no, there's nothing fancy. There's nothing trendy. He's just proud of what he does. But HMV are lapping that up. Yeah, I remember I saw the Temperance Movement do like an acoustic set in HMV a few years ago in Aberdeen. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, HMV. Yeah, they've got a lot of vinyl and stuff now. I remember I hadn't been in HMV in a few years. Um, <laughs> uh, and then when I went in for the first time. It was just complete vinyl. Like I don't think I'd seen vinyl in HMV before. And I went in, it was just covered in vinyl this time. It was like, wow. <laughs> um, there's a um a sort of avant-garde kind of <laughs> space black metal band, whatever it is they call themselves called Wallowing. Um okay. and, and oh. they re- they recently it's pretty extreme stuff. And they recently performed in Waterstones in Bristol. Okay. <laughs> and it was it's if it, it, there's 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 clips of it all over Twitter and, and Instagram. Go and have a look because it's I love it. It looks so out of place, <laughs> but it's but it's brilliant. And up in Scotland, um uh Endless Swarm, who are you know oh, yeah. a, a grindcore band essentially. They performed in HMV up there. I can't remember where it was. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I remember seeing that on Facebook. Someone posted it. Yeah, and and they left everything there. They went full on. Yeah. In branch of HMV, you know. And <laughs> it's it's look, HMV were on their knees a few years ago. So fair play to them. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing you're gonna have. You're gonna have everybody in there and people who've got no interest in this kind of stuff, and it just gets them talking, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly that. You know, and it's 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 just it's just great to see. So yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to the Ricky Warwick thing. It's um, you know, it, it sort of he's one of our heroes as when we were kids. So yeah, it'll be um, be fun. Look, I, I hope more and more places do that. I know um, uh, Rough Trade record mm. shops in London they do it a lot, um, yeah. but that's a bit more that a bit more pretentious and wanky. And you don't really get so much metal in those places, but. <laughs> But to be fair, the night after off are playing in London. They're doing they're doing a rough trade show as well. So oh, nice. I've so, seen um, off, off on off on YouTube. There's a lot of them doing like record store appearances, like yeah. record store shows. Um, well, it's very punk, isn't it? It's, yeah, you know, with their background, you know, Black Flag, and that is yeah. kind of fits their whole their whole ethos. So yeah, that's know, cool. It's, 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 oh, I fucking I love it. Anything that's a bit different, you know, I'm I'm all for. Yeah, and talking about that, obviously, just I just mentioned the UK scene, but the resurgence of of what we would call proper heavy metal across the world now, which is like, for instance, when you were growing up, when you were younger, did you go through a new metal phase? Um, yeah, that was what was in the like, that was what was popular. That's how I kind of yeah yeah discovered music and like metal. Like when I was what say five or six, I remember seeing I would watch all the music channels on TV. Yeah. You know, uh, Kerrang, Scuzz, VH1. And yeah, they would have Slipknot, Limp Bizkit, um, Corn, Puddle of Mud, uh, whatever. 
yeah. All of that, which we, you know, we obviously we we you know we look back on now and think, uh, uh. but it's there's there's a real there's a real healthy um, hunger for for proper heavy metal now. You know, we we the, the whole sort of new wave of traditional heavy metal and and new wave of British death metal and all all these acronyms that we're getting, but all around the world, some labels, you know, twenty bucks spin. We've talked about um, dying victims are another one that are putting just putting out some just great proper, you know, denim leather studs steel heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, so much stuff in in this style that you can find like you say uh said before you can get lost in in how oh, many easy. there is but yeah if you there's a lot of like these labels you mentioned like if you follow the labels it's kind of almost a quality control as well somewhat yeah. um because yeah there's so much stuff anyone can put out something nowadays uh anyone like myself can just record something in your in your room and put it out so yeah there's so much things available um and yeah a lot of these labels do act as some somewhat of a quality control um if you don't want to explore you know further um because like like you say almost every release on some labels are just you know you you know it's just going to be good or it's going to be your taste like I've never I've never looked at it in a in a in the way of quality control before I suppose but it's um I suppose a lot of it is opening up to people like yourselves, like one yeah. man projects. We, we, we love a one man metal project on this yeah. podcast. And, you know, from the, the likes of Bathory and Isan all the way down to, you know, there's a guy in Cornwall, uh, going by the name of seven doors. I don't know if you come across him. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and name, just, yeah. you know, the, the stuff that he's, he's chucking out is, is brilliant. So I don't know. It's just, it's just allowing more to happen. I suppose it's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the everything being a like the ability to record on your own. I mean, I said obviously you've got the quality control as well, but like the there's so much people doing stuff just by themselves independently, no, you know, just everything by themselves in their bedroom, no label, no, no, whatever. And uh, and yeah, if the ability to do that wasn't there, like Hellripper wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, the whole thing with was birth was like birthed out of me just wanting to record stuff in my room as a 16 17 year old yeah. that had no idea what I was doing I had no idea about recording no idea about anything really and just watching YouTube tutorials and looking online and learning as I went um yeah gave me the ability to write and record and release an EP and so on and yeah it's just such a great thing and yeah there's a like you're mentioning there's so many bands that aren't on labels or haven't got the recognition or haven't managed to break through or whatever that are doing so much amazing things one one thing i want to sort of touch on is something something you referred to earlier where several times you referred to what you do as speed metal unashamedly and i think we've had this conversation on previous episodes and it feels like speed metal is almost like the forgotten subgenre because there's always people talking about bands being deaf or thrash or black or even just heavy because they don't fit anywhere else and yeah it's almost like speed metal they forget about they overlook but your music does 
it prove it, it absolutely proves that speed metal is definitely a thing or was a thing because it doesn't you know it doesn't sound like anything else you can say it's blackened speed potentially because you know it is much more fast and more extreme than someone like motorhead but you know what what, yeah, what do you think about that because because what you do is very distinctive um in that regard yeah i think for me genres are like uh are just doesn't really matter i mean people black and thrash black thrash metal punk black metal whatever people have called hell ripper yeah you've probably had it all haven't you yeah yeah and it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really bother me as as long as people like the music or people listen to the music that's kind of the most important thing but yeah speed metal i think kind of got over like kind of got taken over by like thrash when it came out for the most part i think um but yeah i mean i refer to myself as speed metal because it it kind of says what it what it is it's kind of fast metal for the most part you know um there's elements of everything else in there black um thrash death whatever but for me just calling myself speed metal is it's kind of easier kind of for me it encapsulates everything yeah it's, it's metal and it's fast yeah. yeah, and it's got it's got that rock and roll riff riff sort of bent. I mean, you know, speed metal always did, didn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, speed metal. I think you could just try to think of you know like the distinction between like speed and thrash. It's easier for me to hear the difference rather than you know speak uh, speak about the difference. Like if I hear something, I'll say okay, that's more speed metal. I mean, yeah, say something like if you listen to a band, say Ranger, that's speed metal. And then, yeah, a band like, say, Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica. Um, I think usually speed metal has the higher vocals, kind of, you know, uh, think even something like what Back in the Village by Iron Maiden, I would say that's borderline speed metal. Yeah, Motorhead are speed metal as well, and they've got like the, the lower vocals. But yeah, they're more kind of rock and roll, I would say. Um, yeah, it's just... It's something that I don't really put a lot of thought into. I, do, I let, um, if it's good music, I listen to it. Um, if not, I don't. Um, there's there's an obsession with with metal subgenres these days, and it? some of the stuff yeah. right here is crazy. I, th- I think it's part of the fun, though, in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's so ridiculous. I mean, you look at the list of how it's spawned. It's uh, there's so much. I don't think any any genre of music has spawned that many subs, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a bit of fun. For you, I mean, your your music, I suppose, crosses quite a few boundaries, doesn't it? You you know, you're you're more than comfortable. You you, you can play with black metal bands like you've been out with Spectral Wound, yeah. You know, and there's no, you play with with Warbringer coming up, which is thrash metal. So you, you've got that kind of that crossover appeal, haven't you? Crossover. That's another one. That's another. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I kind of aim for with Hellripper. I don't want to be limited to one thing. I want to have. Yeah. I want to be in a you know in a space, but like not pinned down to just i can only tour with thrash bands you can only tour with black metal bands or something so i mean i mean yeah we toured twice in 2022 and that was with spectral wound and gamma bomb and that's almost the complete opposite yeah yeah uh, almost as opposite you can get in <laughs> in the kind of extreme uh metal world um so yeah it's it, that's a really fun thing as well because like i say i, I love all styles like stuff from every style of metal so it's good to be able to do that um play with different bands reach different audiences that might like you um 
yeah, it wasn't, again, at the beginning, it wasn't really the intention, I guess. I just wanted to kind of create something that I liked and, yeah, and, yeah, people seem to latch onto it from different uh, genres, like people that like different styles, so, yeah. Do you listen to much um, non-metal, something we, we generally ask most people? Yeah, I listen to loads of non-metal. Um, recently, I've been big into Red Hot Chili Peppers, Oasis, Beatles, Nirvana, um, Ammo and the Sniffers, loads of stuff like, yeah, ACDC, Airborne, Thin Lizzy, um, almost anything. Uh, Editors, that's one of my favourite albums of last year, Editors. Um of course, like punk stuff, like Dead Kennedys, GBH, uh, The Clash. Just, yeah, I, I listen to almost anything. Um, and again, that's why I was listening to a lot of that stuff while writing this new album. And I try to incorporate that kind of thing into the Hellripper sound. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, you might not know it, like listening to the Hellripper, uh, like a song, but I could tell you like, oh, I was actually inspired by this uh, paperback writer or whatever. Uh, inspired this riff or inspired this harmony or something but you wouldn't really know I guess if you didn't know it and that's kind of the the aim just kind of get all my influences into into Hellripper but have a cohesive sound that still makes sense with the with the band yeah yeah, uh, that's that's cool. I, I like that. I think it's 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 very easy as a metal fan to get into that whole. I only listen to metal. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm a little bit guilty of it sometimes. But every now and then, you you do need a break, and you need to just it's just something different for your ears, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah, and especially in a songwriting uh, context as well, they, there's so much ideas. Let's say, for example, just bringing up the Beatles because it's like the the most famous one, but like. They know how to write a song. They know how to write a catchy yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So instead of taking ideas from, you know, like uh, just metal, you can take, yeah, get a catchy chorus that like, say, the Beatles would have did and put it in there and Black Sabbath and stuff. I mean, Motorhead and, Bla- uh, Motorhead and Black Sabbath. I mean, it's, the Beatles were their favourite bands, uh, Ozzy's favourite band and Lemmy's favourite band and, yeah, Let, Lemmy would would always talk about yeah. it. Beatles and Little Richard when they always. Yeah, so it's yeah. If you make a good song, that's the most important thing. And there's yeah, there's so much valuable uh, things you can take from all this kind of bands. And there's a reason a lot of these bands are successful because they're yeah, like they know yeah they know how to write a song. Yeah, um, yeah. we myself and Jugenza, we've been discussing uh, Desmond Child a lot recently because we've been listening to certain albums uh, that mm. he contributed to and of course you know it's a skill it is an absolute skill songwriting and you, you can see the difference especially when we get a decent producer like Bruce Fairbairn mm. um, and I think I, you know I wonder what how metal would develop if it had people like him doing a lot more and consulting with so many bands seeing how yeah. it's developed yeah I think- Desmond Child yeah, I mean, again, I think you can even see it just with the, I mean, the difference between Metallica when Bob Rock joined in for the Black Album. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not sure how how much he like shaped everything, but I know I think I think he had a significant kind of impact. And if he weren't, if some he might say a little too significant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't, if he wasn't there though, what would the would Metallica have kind of yeah not gone on to do what they do? You mean? So yeah, there, I mean, there are people that are just like geniuses at knowing 
what works, what doesn't work, how to do something. And yeah, people yeah, like these, just these producers, like big name producers and stuff like that. That It's relationships, isn't it? Like, you know, when, when Def Leppard are introduced to Mutt Lang and, and, and the, the rest is history kind of thing. And like you say, you, who knows how it would have gone if, if those relationships hadn't happened. And like you're talking about Desmond Child. I mean, for me, I prefer Kiss's 80s output and and most of it's co-written with Desmond Child. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's so poppy and it's all so catchy that you can't, you know, we won't talk about, he wrote one song for Dream Theater. We'll, we'll let him off on that one. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, the influence he had on, on hard rock and that, Slippery When Wet, you know, is another one that he had a heavy influence on. It's 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 mad, really. Yeah, there's just yeah, just some bands and things when when like another member joins the band or yeah, you know, a producer or but yeah, sometimes like when a member joins a band and it just makes like just improves things or yeah. helps the band go into bigger things, not necessarily improves them, but uh puts them onto bigger things. I mean, say like uh like Joe Walsh joining the Eagles, for example. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples off the top of my head, but yeah, I mean, oh, there, yeah, there, there, there are there are plenty, but it's um, um, I go off on a slight tangent. Um, I, I'm just curious. I've I've got a bugbear, right? It's something that really fucking irritates me, and and, and it's obviously it's it's very much a modern thing. Is 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 mobile phones and cameras at live shows, and obviously now that you you know you're playing live on a regular basis, as as a performer, how does it make you feel when you know, you just see loads of people standing in the crowd with their phones in the air. I've got no issue with people taking photos. I do it. And, yeah. you know, like a 30 second video, things like that. It's all fine. But people who stand there for the whole thing, how does it affect you as a performer when you're standing there and you almost, does it, does it kind of limit your interaction with the people when you get it, a lot of that or do you not see it? Yeah. It doesn't really affect me to be honest. Um, yeah. I probably don't see it. I'm too, like I, yeah, I'm kind of too busy kind of running around the stage or head banging or, or something yeah if i think if you're like kind of blocking people's view and stuff like that then it's a bit annoying but if you're kind of maybe out of the way yeah, um, yeah. i mean there's no yeah as long as you're not like ruining the experience for anyone else i don't really see a problem with it um but yeah you do get people that like already they're like 10 foot tall and then they put their arms up with the phone and they're <laughs> they're just blocking the view for like half of the show like for half of the people at the show like i guess that's annoying um even for me as a as a member of the audience yeah yeah i think for the most part i don't really mind it um especially as a performer i don't really see anything usually at our shows as well they're usually in most cases the crowd are kind of lively and moving around yeah yeah, yeah. that helps so yeah people with their phones would be at the back which make sense uh otherwise it'll probably get lost in the in the pit or something and well i went to uh i went to the uh Anna nathrak and sai show in london just before christmas and um when when nathrak first came on the phones went up and within about 15 seconds those phones were gone yeah you know the place just went went apeshit and everything it was it was gone and it was like that for the rest of the show and it was it was just refreshing to see i do get it but what i just don't understand it almost would take your enjoyment out of the gig for me. Yeah. For rather me, watch yeah. it through a phone. Yeah, for me, it would yeah, take the enjoyment for me. I mean, some people do like to just 
relive it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, different. I, I can't speak for everyone, so it's difficult to say. But for me, yeah, I've like at a show, I've never really. Yeah, maybe I'll take a couple photos, maybe a tiny video. I, I don't remember the last time I did that, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I'm always. Yeah, I'm worried that like I'll lose my phone or something. Like, yeah. Uh, usually, I'm just in enjoying it like that. But I mean, people enjoy things in different ways. So I mean. You may as well be waving five hundred quid in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount. Yeah, I think was it? we went to. Um, to- I think it was Toxic Holocaust and Exhumed. This is like ten years ago now, or something in Glasgow. And someone we were with was stage diving with his phone. And yeah, of course, he, he, at the end of the show, he's like, he's lost his phone. Uh, <laughs> he's like looking all around, and I don't know if he found it or not. I can't remember, but it's like. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> this is bizarre, because when I started going to gigs properly as an 18-year-old, I actually made a point of wearing combat so I could put my glasses in a glass case mm. in the pocket so I could then crowd surf. Yeah. So I can't imagine what, what people would go Thinking ahead. Yeah, that's why I love having the leather jacket because it's got zip pockets. Everything's like, nothing can fall out. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's practical, isn't it? you know, which, you know, which you need. Um, uh, we'll, we'll sort of round things off a little bit. Um, as you, you know, you're sort of all on your own, and you, you know, you're you're a one man machine kind of thing. Any advice you, you want to give to sort of young musicians that are trying to do the same thing, fifteen year olds in their bedrooms that are, you know, starting out and going it alone, and you know, anything from your experiences, and then you can partake onto. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're if you have the drive or like the ambition to do. Uh, to write music to be in a band and you can't find anyone I would say if you have the songs and if you have the interest then I would recommend just doing it on your own Um, first of all learning how to do it on your own there's plenty of YouTube tutorials it's relatively relatively simple to get started and get something basic recorded Um, and even if that's just to use as like a demo to get other people involved I still think it's important to learn. Like, if you if you know how to record something basic on your own, sounds passable. It can be used as yeah, as a demo, as a kind of starting point, as a way to get other musicians involved. Yeah, and if you want to do it on your own, like just completely, I would recommend learning how to do almost as much things on your own as you can. So not just the recording, but yeah, the recording, the learn basic graphic design, see if you can learn kind of basic video editing, learn how to do a, a press kit, um, learn how to like write an email properly, just as much things as you can on your own, I would suggest. Um, because, yeah, other if you get other people involved, um, if you can't do it, then get other people involved because like there's the fine line there. It's uh, do things yourself, but if you can't, if you can't do it to an okay standard, like after a while, you know, obviously it takes time to learn things. Yeah. But get, get someone else involved. Otherwise, you know, don't, don't like uh, do everything because of your ego. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if I'm like think, uh, fumbling my words here, but. No, no, that, 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 that uh, makes sense. It, 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 if you're going to do it yourself, do it right. I suppose that's, that's. Yeah. The, yeah. Or at least to like a, a good enough place, you know, um, but yeah, if you do it on your own, like the amount of 
it's good skills to have for anything in the future if you want to keep doing it on your own or if you want to help out other people and you'll save a lot of money on studio time on yeah graphic artists on video um video editors and stuff like that i'm still I, myself i'm still not the best at a lot of the stuff so i do occasionally outsource a lot of things if i can't do something to a good standard but yeah the more you can do on your own the more like money you can save um that you can spend on invest on like uh, something else like merch or better artwork from a great artist or something yeah. like that yeah. um but yeah I don't know if I was clear or if I just made an absolute mess there. <laughs> you, I think something you mentioned there is it just really reiterates how um, how much professionalism is actually uh, going to benefit people because you've got so many young people and they want to play in bands and it's all sex, drugs and rock and roll. And okay, you, you might be good at the music, but you know a lot of the professional skills that you learn in either the office or, or the shop you're going to have yeah. to take into this field because you want to be able to communicate with labels, with, like you say, artists, uh, getting commissions done, bookings, et cetera. All of this stuff is highly important. And, Surprising and how many people skill. can't write an email. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Like like 90% of my time is spent on like Excel sheets and, and mm. stuff like that. So, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, if you want to do it on your own, it does take a lot of your time. Like 90% of my time is not doing music <laughs> yeah. 90% of my time is online on social media posting or make it, getting photos for social media or replying to emails or dealing with booking tours or whatever you know or doing spreadsheets um, budgeting and stuff like that so yeah if you want to do it to on your own like it will take a lot of your time and some people yeah it's a lot easier just to um, like outsource things or whatever but yeah, I enjoy every part of it, so I've got no problem doing Excel spreadsheets and stuff like that. It's uh, yeah, so yeah, rock and roll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> living exactly. the dream. That's the yeah. But you're you're quite active on social media as well, aren't you? So you know that's that's obviously a big part, a huge part of of promotion now, isn't it? Yeah, social media I think is the most important for me because. Um, like like we said earlier, I never played live for the first year of Hellripper, and even over the next two or three years, we didn't. We only played a few shows, and they were mostly local, mostly yeah. like in Aberdeen or something. So social media was basically like my only way of promoting myself. So I had to learn at least how to use that to an okay, an okay extent. Uh, and now there's like so many different social medias and there's so many like like algorithms and different things work and then they change it and then different something else works. And so, yeah, doing social media now, if you want to do it like really properly and maximize your like reach and impact and stuff, it's it's very time consuming and it changes all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, for me, social media is just it's a good way to communicate with people. First of all, like if people have any questions regarding like what merch or just any questions to be fair, like, or if they want to speak to me for some reason or whatever, it's like, that's why I use social media. I, I share fan fans, like photos and guitar covers they do and stuff. Um, yeah. It's just a good way to communicate with fans and people that like the music for me. 
metal metal fans love that kind of shit. If they can reach out to to any artist and you get a, a even just a response, yeah, you know, it, it goes it goes a long way. Especially with certainly with with younger metal fans with kids mm-hmm. and that is it's, a, it's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah, though so sometimes it is difficult when you've got like a million messages. And yeah, stuff yeah, and, I can imagine. And then yeah, and people think like you're ignoring them or deliberately not speaking to people and all that. And it's like they're so like between Facebook messages, Instagram, Twitter, email. Yeah. I get like a million messages a day. I try and respond to everything, but sometimes you do miss stuff and sometimes you, yeah, you just, yeah. So it's, yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get anybody sending you anything weird? Any messages Uh, that are a little bit, whoa, what's your got. I got one. It was from like a random email address. I can't remember. This was a few years ago and it was just like, I can't, oh, I can't remember what the exact thing is, but I was speaking about it with my uh, girlfriend the other day. It was like, uh, it just said something like, do you want to suck satanic cock or something? <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it was like, I think there was like a weird image attached of like, uh, like a drawing attached of like a, a, a cartoon Satan <laughs> like I can't I can't remember exactly what it was but yeah I remember getting that and being like okay yeah <laughs> only, only metal fans yeah, usually yeah no st- other walk of life usually stuff like that would go to the spam folder or whatever but for some reason this got through it's yeah. the uh it's the, the Satan algorithm that, that gets it through yeah yeah if it mentions Satan my email uh yeah folder goes oh that's probably probably professional uh, dealings <laughs> yeah in it. Look, i think um you know we, we've we've taken up a fair amount of your time this evening so before but before you go one last plug for the album and everything like that but you know get out there whatever you want to say yeah pour check it out, away yeah check out uh warlock's grim and withered hags my third full-length album it will be out on peaceful records on february 17th um, yeah, you can find it wherever you listen to your music, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Bandcamp, um, Amazon. Um, yeah, just wherever you listen to your music. And yeah, couple of A uh, couple of lovely vinyl options as well in gold and green. Yeah, nice. we've got gold, green and black vinyl. Yeah. Um, then we've got cassette and CD. Then, of course, the digital version as well. Um, yeah, I just received the the vinyl yesterday the like my personal copies and yeah they look they look sick they look yeah, really your post, yeah, they, the they, artwork they, they the artwork is done by adam burke who is a great artist and on the vinyl it looks like in the the lp it just looks great at that size and stuff so yeah check out the album february 17th hope you like it eight tracks of speed metal yeah <laughs> Eight, eight tracks, the perfect length these days, I think. It doesn't need to be yeah. longer than that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, thanks, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been great to have you on. Um, thanks for giving us your time. And, um, yeah, good luck with, with the rest of the year, shows, and, and we'll hopefully catch you. going to try and catch you at the Warbringer show in London. Thank you very much. If that all works out. So um, I think that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank um, you. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, next week uh, on In the Abyss, we're going to round up on a few uh, recent album releases, 
So as we're recording today on Friday the 13th, the new obituary album, um, we've got the new Catatonia album out next week, the new Ahab album, and Anthony, what else is there? Uh, we're going to be talking about Leper Colony. Oh, and Leper Colony, uh, yeah. And Free Road. Um, uh, probably a couple of others that take my fancy, but uh, yeah, those are definitely the ones to... And, and more of the usual waffle and nonsense, so... Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, listen and check that out. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening. Cheers.